0: welcome everyone to episode 55 of the post 20 podcast my name is evan i'm joined this evening as always by my faithful co-host matt what's up what's
1: going on guys what's up what's going on we got a week until christmas
0: i know it's been a pretty nice week for me i've I finished up my finals on like tuesday or wednesday mm-hmm. and then just kind of haven't really been doing anything since i did my shopping early this year um my girlfriend went to Florida, so we we exchanged gifts earlier on this week. Um but I haven't really done anything since then. I kinda just been locked up, chilling. Um it's been nice. Yeah.
1: You sounded like it on your show on Wednesday when you recorded, you were nice and mellowed out. I
0: was mellowed out. I was in the fucking zone. I don't know what it was that night, but um I decided to like do it the night before because mm-hmm. sometimes when I when I'm you know down at the gym in the morning on Wednesday and I come home and do it like the pre-workouts to like fucking cracking me. And I just am out of control. And yeah. like my temper, my tempo is off. So I wanted to do it at night and it was a much better product, I think.
1: Yeah. You gotta let me know what your um routine is before you record that and make your Thursday night pick because the last three weeks you've been on it.
0: I have been on it, but it seems for the most part that I'm only doing it excellent on thursday nights my picks have been pretty good my spread picks um i don't know why i've been so sharp i think it's because it's it's teams that you get to see a lot on red zone like for the bills i know a lot about the bills because they have a lot of scoring opportunities and i'm Mm -hmm. constantly seeing them in the red zone i know exactly how they're going to play same thing with the raiders like waller waller got two last night i think um yep or he had one he had one but he had like 150, 150 yards so yeah i i know how their targeting works i know when they're going to rush uh and then i've watched a lot of the chargers too because herbert gets them down there in scoring position a lot uh the chargers just choke a lot and they did almost choke last night um it took you know it took god to fucking win them that game in overtime uh but yeah that that's three uh three weeks in a row i'm hoping to keep it going if i can stay winning every thursday night until the end of the season i might be able to parlay that into some sort of internet clout
1: Uh, i don't know how it's going to work next week i think next week's going to be a dud week for you because there is no thursday night game it's a friday night game or friday afternoon game because it's on christmas that's true i think it's the last i checked I think it's the Vikings. Who is it? Vikings. It's the Saints.
0: Vikings and the Saints, which is a fu- that's gonna be a fucked up one, dude.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a weird one.
0: Guess I'll probably take the Saints. We'll see. We're gonna have to wait till the lines come out. I'm not gonna give anyone a sneak peek yet.
1: Yeah, but um, moving forward from that, we had two game weeks shoved into one week for the prem, yeah. and. I was saying before we recorded that I already touched on it on the first week on Monday, so you need to lay your ideas out there for what you've been seeing, and especially on what Arsenal's situation is. So you want to open up the conversation for the two weeks, what you saw?
0: Um, Yeah, so on the 13th, uh, Arsenal took on Burnley, and they lost. (laughs) <laughs> uh a It was a, a, a putrid affair. I'm gonna have to just say putrid because there was nothing going for Arsenal outside of the first ten minutes of each half. Uh mm-hmm. Sean Deitch's Burnley play a very physical defensive style of football, and that's how they have to play because they don't have a whole lot of you know money to spend on flashy players. So I understand it and I have a respect for that type of grind it out mentality. Um that being said, Arsenal didn't seem to have any sort of respect for that mentality. Uh they came out flat or uh, after the first 10 minutes they they were flat is what I should say. Um not many not many sharp chances uh other than the occasional, you know, <clears throat> shot on target, but in the 56th minute um after a 00 half uh Xhaka decided that he needed to <laughs> choke someone so
1: <sighs> you got to save it for the bedroom man
0: i mean I, I, i'm not a i'm not a jaka guy i just i haven't been i thought what, when he was playing for Mönchengladbach uh that he would be good for the club cuz we needed the defensive midfielder uh he came and he did not conquer Mm-hmm. he's been just average really. And he's been a liability in our defense for, for quite a few years now. He's obviously fallen out of favor with the fans. The fans don't like him because of a situation last year where, um, you know, the, 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 the fans were giving him shit and he said, you know, fuck you guys and rip the armband off. And you just can't do that. You know, yeah. you, you lose the team, you lose the manager, you lose the, club as a whole and then you lose the fans and when you have none of that there's no reason for you to be on the pitch and that's just how I feel about Jaka, and I think that's how most Arsenal fans feel about him and uh the 56th minute red card when he reached his hands out and you know fake choked someone or choked or whatever the fuck he was trying to do um doesn't help his case so as a man down um Arsenal still looked uh, not great Uh, They didn't rebound in in any way because they were just missing so much in the middle of the park defensively. Um, And in the 73rd minute, unfortunately, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who hasn't scored in quite some time, uh, turned the ball into his own net uh, with an own goal from a corner. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That was all she wrote. Uh, Arsenal never really recovered from that. They weren't going to recover from that, uh, being a man down and lacking creativity, and ultimately we lost 1-0 when the full-time whistle blew. Very, very sad.
1: I think when um, you play a team like Burnley where you know their game plan's going to be, we're going to rough out the storm, and we're going to get a handful of opportunities, and we need to capitalize on one of them. You need to, as the favorite, score in the first 30 minutes to crush their hope because you see it a lot. A lot of these teams gain confidence as the match progresses when they're not conceding and they may not take more risks but something might happen where it just goes in their favor whether it's a var call which is something we're seeing a lot more in the past two years it's playing a massive role in the game or um they get a lucky lucky deflection like a bombing goal so i mean that's what those teams play for
0: yeah, that's how they that's how they win their bread, right? That's how they stay in the prem. A, a lot of teams were like, are are like that. Um, Sheffield got a lot of calls and and things like that last year. Uh, a lot of lucky goals, and you know mm-hmm. they finished middle of the pack, and that might be the case for Burnley this year. I, I know they're struggling now, but they are defensively very very solid. Um, they they've they've had a couple games where they've let in you know a lot of goals. They did just lose five nil to City. Yep, but if if they can if they can hold you like you said for the first half hour, that confidence surges, and they're they're a team that you could easily draw or or lose to. I mean, you just yeah. saw like you you have to think about it this way: you just saw Liverpool draw Fulham.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fulham are horrible. They're not even. I don't. I wouldn't even say they're half as solid as Burnley are at the back. It's no. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy uh, league this year. There's just so much parity. Anyone can lose to anyone, and the, the congestion of the fixtures is actually worse this year with COVID. So the the squad rotation really hurts some sides.
1: Well, there was a recent vote again just to implement the five-sub rule in the Prem, and it was rejected again. Uh, the two sides, are the big clubs, are in favor of it while the, the smaller clubs aren't. Right, The big clubs' reasoning is they need to, the squad rotation, like you said. Like These guys can't play Champions League, League Cup, and Premier League games all in the span of seven days or whatever it is. And exhausting. the smaller Yeah, and the smaller clubs don't play in all those competitions, whether they're knocked out early or they're never even qualified to be towards Europe. They see it as an opportunity to scratch a couple extra points to stay in the league against the big teams. Where would you say you would fall on that rule?
0: Uh, I I just think that football is so commercial these days that you have to you have to implement, especially within these circumstances with the COVID stuff. You have to allow more subs. I I, I truly don't think it's fair, and you're they're going to make the rule for everybody. So smaller clubs are still going to benefit from it, whether they think they are or not. Um. I, I definitely lie where the big clubs lie because I support a big club. You know what I mean? Well, are they mm-hmm. big? Let's be real.
1: Financially. <laughs>
0: yeah, financially. That's that's true. Um, well, How about you? What do you think?
1: I mean, I can understand where the smaller clubs are coming from, but it's hard to argue against the five-sub ruling because every other European league does it. Right. They already do the five subs, so the Prem is the only one that doesn't do it, so... I don't see how the FA can have a reasoning not to implement it.
0: I understand that they, uh, well, listen, the premier league being the finest of the finest, the best of the best Europe's best league, you know, the league with the most parity and the most challenging league. That's how English football has, has marketed itself, right? At least for the the time that we've been watching it, the prem Mm -hmm. is the top league. And, I think that plays into the fact that you know they don't want to make it a cakewalk, which which I don't think tracks because it has been a cakewalk in recent years for many clubs. Liverpool won by how many? How many points did they have at the end of the fucking year versus second place? Like they had an extra nineteen points or something ridiculous.
1: Yeah, eighteen. They were on ninety nine. City was in second with eighty one.
0: Yeah, so that's a shit argument. I don't think that tracks. Um, that it's the hardest. You know, most. Um, the league with the most parity, but I just think that they have to at least for this season in, in such a tumultuous, turbulent time that they should give the manager some fucking leeway. They're they're doing their best, players too. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a hard argument. Um, other than that, I mean, you said the Liverpool draw against Fulham was shocking. I thought the Spurs Palace one was as well going back to the first games. I yeah. thought that was, that was huge points for Palace. Kane uh, getting another goal from Sun. I mean, those are big points for those clubs to fight to stay in the league, if not... I mean, every place you... Every place you move up is extra prize money you get at the end of the season. So it adds up, really. So that really shows how every game matters.
0: Yeah. Um I think... uh Palace outplayed Tottenham as well. I, I watched that entire game. Uh I actually took um Palace or Draw because the odds were were great. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the like those odds, that's a double chance. It was still like plus three fifty. Um That's really nice. Yeah. I had a feeling that Zaha looked really good last week. Obviously Benteke had looked good the prior match week as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I figured, you know what, I think they can at least score and, and maybe this will be a draw because Tottenham has a congested you know, congested uh fixture schedule. They're playing a lot of uh matches midweek between mm-hmm. uh Europa and and then obviously weekend games. So I figured, you know, Palace may get something cheeky here since since Zahava's back and Eze's been playing well. And they did. I mean, they had 16 shots in that game, five on target, and they had 42 possession, which versus a team like Spurs is okay right now. Um, that's a great result for them. It's, it's important in them staying up.
1: Mm-hmm. Two more games I wanted uh, you to touch on before we move to this pat- the most recent games. Uh, the Manchester Derby ended in a way we didn't think would happen, a 0-0 draw. What did you think about that game?
0: Hard to watch. Very, very, very stale. Um, watching De Bruyne, I could tell that he was extremely frustrated. If you check his body language and the way that he moves around the pitch after either failed attempts or busted build-ups, you can tell that he's very frustrated. And it, really what it what it goes to show is that he is the talisman and the centerpiece of this team, right? Without, mm-hmm. without De Bruyne, they are nothing they're they're a nothing club and right now they're playing like a nothing club anyway so I I don't think I think if you can't beat this floundering united team that are you know struggling at the back that you know you have some serious issues and I think Pep needs to look inwards and start to use his subs more because he's arguing for more subs but he's only he only used one sub in that game and and Ali only used one sub as well so if you're not giving other people a chance here and you're just going with the same stale lineups, nothing's going to change. And that that's what you saw here. This was the stale derby. Like, just nothing, nothing happened.
1: Yeah, Man City last year had a handful of guys that were having phenomenal years scoring-wise like with the likes of uh, Sterling and Jesus and that. And now they have Fernand Torres up there and Phil Foden's taking more of a, Key role on the team, and they really aren't finding uh, two guys that are scoring in and out every week, like we've seen with Aguero, always injured, and Jesus is now starting to get injured every couple weeks. Yeah, in and out, and it showed in, it showed in that game.
0: Well, the, Jesus's conditioning, I think, is a result of him just riding the bench for so long. You know, not getting the looks that he needed to get as a developing young player. And he may, be one, he may be a player that struggles with injuries his entire career because he just lacks fitness and he lacks playtime. You know, that, that does happen. Players come in and they pull up lame after playing two or three games in a row because their bodies aren't used to it. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because I think Jesus is, has, has brilliance somewhere buried under the uh, the issues. Uh, and then, like you said about Aguero, they're missing Aguero. There is a leadership, and there's something special about Aguero where you know you can rely on him to score. Whether you're down or you're ahead, you know that he's never going to stop and that he's going to give you 100% until the very end. Yep. And he's been like that the entire time he's been at City. So missing that and, and De Bruyne missing that target, it's big. It's, it's mm. big. I can understand why why City are struggling right now.
1: Yeah, scoring-wise, Mars is their top goal scorer with four, Sterling with three, and then there are, I think, eight other scorers on the team, but all have under two. Right. So very poor, obviously. De Bruyne with six assists, everybody else behind him with two or one. So yeah, they're just really struggling to find that finishing form. I mean, you brought up last year with Liverpool's point difference uh, winning the league. Man City last year blew everybody out the water with 102 goals. Right. So I don't think we're going to see anybody reach that this year, but they're just really struggling.
0: Ah, And Jesus
1: in seven matches has only scored two.
0: Yeah, that's not enough. Just not enough when you have the service of of De Bruyne and Merez and Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling. Like You should be producing more than that as as the sole striker.
1: Uh, the last game before we move on to the recent ones, I wanted you to talk about the Everton Chelsea game. Everton got a a big result against Chelsea. I I gave my notes on it on Monday. I've talked about how uh, Everton didn't really play. I don't think, I personally don't think they deserve to win that game. I think Chelsea self-destructed in the offensive end, but what was your take?
0: I would have to agree with you. I I think Chelsea beat themselves. Uh, They just weren't sharp up top. You you weren't seeing enough um, from, like, Havertz didn't look great. He he seemed like he was getting exposed, to be honest with you. Um, stripped and bullied. And then, obviously, Timo was out wide, and I think he's better served in the center. Um, and Everton really only had that one, you know, they had the penalty, and that was it. I, I actually had Everton withdraw here because just for the value was great. And then I took Everton again this week, and they fucking won. Um, Everton needed this, though. That's why. That's why I bet on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't deserve the win, though. They pre- this game should have been nil nil. Um, I think uh, Rhys James was your sharpest player in this in this match. Actually, he, yep. week in and week out, he seems to be the one that I am drawn to. I think he's very very talented, and I think your left back uh, fucking chill. he's, he's amazing too. I I find myself, you know, more drawn to the, uh, to the defenders than anything else. When I watch Chelsea, it's, Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate for, uh, for Mendy to have, you know, it was Mendy that fouled, wasn't it? It He gave up the pen. Yeah. It
1: was, it was a lapse of judgment from him. Yeah. He, he has caught in no man's land when he shouldn't have been there. And, And that
0: happens. I mean, that's the first time that you've seen him give up a pen himself. So, it's just one of those games where you have to kind of grin and bear it as a Chelsea fan, and I'm sure Frank wasn't wasn't thrilled with this, but Everton, and we all know, didn't really deserve this win.
1: Yeah, our, our sharpest player right now has been Giroud. Every time he's getting near the ball, he's putting it in the back of the net. I mean, he's our most consistent goal scorer right now in recent times, speaking in the last five to six weeks. Uh, and... Like you mentioned, the defense, the defense looks great. It's just, I feel like there's a big drop in confidence from our midfield players, attacking-wise, and the wingers, just especially Havertz. Havertz has been looking poor, plays 70 minutes, and he's usually the first sub for Jorginho or whoever else comes in. Uh, He's just not looking... like he's there yet it's just he's getting caught on the ball too long he's not making the right decisions and it's consistent it's not like a once or twice thing in a match it's happening five or six times and it kills the progression of play for those guys
0: I think Havertz is is a big that that's a really big issue with with Chelsea because they want to they want to jam him in right they want to make yes. sure that he's getting the playing time. They want to try and develop him. That that's Frank's mo. He wants to develop these young players and you know make them Chelsea mainstays, which I agree with. I think that's the best possible thing your manager could want to do. You want to establish the future. I totally get it. However, Havertz may may not be a player that fits this league. There are there there have been plenty of players who don't fit the prem, and you know a, a technical midfielder who can be played out of position up top, may just not be, you know, that may not be what uh, what Havertz can do for Chelsea right now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's looking like I'd rather have Kovacic in that spot right. to have cup coverage. He's more of a box-to-box guy where Havertz defensively isn't the best, whereas Kovacic, he wins the ball, he gives it, he's got like a high, high work rate, and he's also not that bad going forward. He may not be the best finisher, but he can set guys up like Pulisic and and uh, Werner and Giroud or whoever. I think we're also missing Ziyech a lot. Him on the right flank has
0: he's very great ways
1: out there, whipping the ball into the back post. Yeah. I think if he was healthy right now, Giroud would have even more goals.
0: Yeah, because Giroud has been clinical. That is something
1: that is worth he, noting. He just knows where to be always. on the field in the attacking third.
0: He always has you know he's just his head is always in the right place and if it's not his head it's his foot or it's his chest or it's his shoulder he's okay. just clinical and you know he will eventually go on a go on a run of form where he doesn't score for weeks um but when he's hot he's hot dude like he will score every game and he'll score bangers and he he just scored in the fixture after this too you know he's he's sharp right now
1: yeah Hopping forward to the most recent week of matches, we had Wolves hosting Chelsea and getting a late winner in the 94th minute from Pedro Neto 2 one win Drew scored. And with Neto and Podence on the other end, Podence and Neto have been picking up the slack and the attacking third for Wolves a lot. They've been their main guys over the past few weeks. And Chelsea and Spurs are going to get to their game. They've been in similar form Spurs with five in their last four and Chelsea with four in their last four in the league. Just ever since they played each other, there's there's just been a big dip in form.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Uh, I don't think we can take away, uh, what wolves did this week. I think they, <laughs> I don't, there's something about the Portuguese players and Nuno. He gets, I think, I can't help but feel that these guys are playing above their their pay grade, right? Mm -hmm. These guys are not this good. They, Podence was fucking shredding. He was just, he's so agile, and I I don't know whether it's like Portuguese blood magic or what, but (laughs) Nuno gets so much out of the young, speedy Portuguese kids. It's so impressive, and... To get a goal in the 95th against Chelsea, who are defensively pretty strong, impressive.
1: I would say the last 10 minutes of that match watching, Frank wanted to get the win. He pushed forward. Yeah. So we were exposed on a counterattack off a corner kick, which is prime counterattack ball for those guys. Plus, uh, the Portuguese thing with Wolves, I think that's in their club vision to bring in young Portuguese guys. I mean, I would say half of their senior squad is Portuguese. They are, (laughs) for sure. Uh, moving on, Man City, I think this was one of the, the most shocking match of the week. Man City drew West Brom 1-1.
0: This was a horrendous game, wasn't it?
1: It was <laughs> very terrible to watch. Good one, one scoring for City, and then was it an own goal for West Brom, or what did they call, count
0: it as? <laughs> yeah, Ruben Diaz's own goal in the 43rd, so right before the stroke of halftime, he, uh, he put one in on himself.
1: The thing with Man City is you just look at their attack like how you've seen Chelsea. You think of Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, like Man United at times. just You see their attack and you're like, they're going to bang three, four goals in. But you never talk about their defense. And Man City just cannot find consistency in the back. Even when your attack has a bad day, you need your defense to step up. And they, it was just a slip. slip of concentration a bad bad play happened and it was it ended in a draw which is tough for to see as a man city supporter but if you're west brom that's probably your biggest point on the year i mean you're still in the relegation zone but that one point can matter come may
0: yeah i mean that's a massive it's a massive win for them to to take one against city that could be the difference between them staying up or heading back to the premiership um you have to expect more, I think, uh, out of out of Jesus at least. I'm not gonna pin this on De Bruyne. You have to you have to expect Jesus to be able to beat fucking O'Shea and, you know, Kieran Gibbs who's ninety years old and Furlong who's fucking has ten pace. Like you have to expect you have to expect Jesus to be able to turn these guys inside out and, and put one, you know, ultimately past uh Johnston, but they just he couldn't they they were impotent and when your only goal is coming from an aging Ilke Gundogan something is deeply wrong
1: yeah um so that's the Tuesday games hopping over into the Wednesday the Arsenal Arsenal won Southampton won I'll I'll give you a quick note on what I thought and then you take it away um yeah. What I was going to say before the show, but I paused and stopped myself, I, I said, if I was going to say if if you guys got the result against Burnley oh, with a win, uh, and this result happened the same way, I would say a draw against Southampton isn't bad, but with that Burnley loss,' it's, it's not you just need three points now in and out every week to get to claw your way back into the European contention. And Aubameyang did score for the first time, but also on the other end, Theo Walcott scored, an ex-Arsenal player, for a long time. So, uh, what did you think, Evan?
0: Listen, if you told me that this game would have ended 1-1, I'd be thrilled. I thought that Southampton would absolutely drub Arsenal. I thought Arsenal may score first, but I knew deep down that Southampton were the ones that were going to win this game. I was pleasantly surprised to to see, you know, I said I saw Theo score first and I had a little bit of agony and pain within me. But um, when when I saw Arsenal come back out for the second half, they looked much sharper and they had an air of confidence, which you don't see very often with this Arsenal team, at least this season, right? And when Bamiang scored in the 52nd, I said, "There it is. He broke his fucking whatever was going on, whatever whoever cursed him. The curse is done. He he's back. He'll be okay. His, his confidence is back. He's gonna put he's gonna put another one in. And then in the 62nd minute, we go ahead and get another fucking red card for the second week in a row. And I knew that it was shot. Um, they continued to to do all right for the rest of the game, but we were never gonna win after that red. Right, the one one. I don't know. I think that's a good result against Southampton. They're at the top. They're at the top end of the table.
1: I think there's a huge discipline issue there because yes. uh, when I was watching the game, and I know they said it last week too, the commentators brought up. this, said Arsenal in the last year has had seven red cards in the league compared to the next at three. Who is that? Uh, I think it was Man City with three red cards since last December. But yeah. still, getting seven is pretty insane. I think at least three of them for, are from Jacques.
0: I was going to say Xhaka has at least three or four. So
1: I just don't know if... I don't know what the issue is with the discipline issue. You're, you're getting, your guys are getting cards too early in the match to where you can't play as physical as you want. There's certain yeah. times where you need to get cards, obviously tactical fouls, but... You're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You need to take the opportunity early on in the games to really press these guys on the other team and get them in trouble rather than yourselves. So then you're on the tactical advantage. You can con- So if you're a manager, come the second half, you can be like, hey, we're going to focus down the right side now since the left back's got a card early on, really make him have to make a decision if he's going to go in these cha- into these challenges or not when we're in dangerous areas. Just little things like that really set you back.
0: Yeah, and I mean you would expect that from a defensive player, Mikkel was a DM for his whole career. Um, you would you would expect for him to be preaching that mentality, that mindset. He knows how dangerous it is to get a to get a yellow in the fifteenth, seventeenth, you know. He understands how important it is to make sure that your players stay uncarded until at least the very end of the game. And then you give them up if you have to, right? It's like free throws. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to give people, you know, too much of a lead too early over, over something so silly. And yes, it's mostly Xhaka and, and mostly you know Bellerin and people that just seem to not have any respect for the game themselves or Mikkel, But it is a club culture issue. And I think I think Arteta has lost, unfortunately, because I think he does have, you know, a future somewhere in some sort of coaching. I just don't think it's at Arsenal. I think he has lost the dressing room.
1: Yeah, I think it's very hard for your first um, full time head coaching gig to be at Arsenal with the amount they have a huge fan base, and it's probably one of the most condemning ones at that
0: i think it's probably the most condemning
1: and uh, i mean they just it's, it's a massive club to go to and obviously you played there a long time and the fans love you for then but like like you said it's, i just don't think he has the locker room there's a huge big dysfunction in there there's something wrong yeah i think abami getting a goal in this game is huge um going into their next two matches against everton and chelsea that's going to be really key to see how they how it plays out come January
0: yeah I mean I've I've grappled with the with the 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 two adverse opinions that that are kind of floating around in my head one the player should just not give a fuck about what Mikel has to say because he's obviously incompetent and then that that's one opinion right and then the other opinion is Mikel needs to hammer down on these guys and make sure that they're paying attention and be the leader. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if Albamiang just playing like it's fucking FIFA Street is what what, what what we need. I don't know if they just need to unleash the offense and just throw everything forward and score as many goals as you possibly can, because we have we have three players that can do that. If on a good day, Pepe is very capable although we haven't seen many good days, on any day. And Ketia is extremely capable and very talented. And obviously, you know what Aubameyang is capable of. He's been doing it his whole career.
1: I, I think one one player I enjoy watching a lot on that team, even through the tough games, I like watching soccer. He's my
0: favorite player.
1: He's very creative on the ball, very nimble, light on his feet puts himself in great positions to where he sets guys up. I just enjoy watching him play there on the left.
0: He's very young, and he's extremely talented. He has he has a vision for the game um, that I don't think many young players have, and he doesn't get a lot of respect either. He's, he's really good, and I think someday he'll command quite a bit of money.
1: Uh, moving on to the highest-scoring game of the week, we had Leeds 5, Newcastle 2. I thought Newcastle would hold it down, but this was the week where Leeds decided to pop off after a couple bad weeks. Uh, a, a lot of these goals coming in, like, the garbage time of the game, but still getting five in a week is pretty good and hard in the Prem. Yeah. Uh, also five different scores, so... So impressive. Very good team effort. I just, It's just Leeds is a hard team to pick. I mean, they're sitting 13th in the league. They have the... They have 22 goals for, which is very good. The most in the bottom 10 teams. But they've also given up 24, which is tied for the second most in the league. So they're a team that doesn't give a fuck. They're going to come out. They're going to play their way. They're going to score their goals. But also, they're going to leave themselves exposed. And if you take your chances correctly, you can bit punish them.
0: I wish Arsenal would play like that. I really do.
1: If you score all these goals, you're bound to win some of these games.
0: Yeah. And look at Leeds. I mean, they have they have five wins. I I know that's not amazing, but
1: more than Arsenal.
0: But that's more than that's one more than Arsenal, and it's as many as it's it's one less than Wolves.
1: You know, and it's and it's been enjoyable. Every game you watch of them is enjoyable. I, I would watch a Leeds game normally without betting.
0: They're the mo- I think they're the most entertaining team in the Prem this year. I don't mm-hmm. even think anyone holds a candle to the way that they play attacking football. I mean, you you're play- you're using these young young guys and rejects like patrick bamford is a is a chelsea reject yeah and, he
1: never scored in the prem for us
0: yeah and he's he's shredding he's so 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 good and so clinical and he's about as clinical as harry kane is in front of the net and he's you know not worth half that much and he's quicker i just i i have a feeling that that some of these leeds players Will be gone after this year, um, because I think other teams are going to be keeping their eye out. But yeah, like Bamford has hints of Jamie Vardy for me. You know what I mean? He's just right. one of those guys. Yeah, he does. I think he'll play for a really long time.
1: He doesn't have the wheels, in my opinion, but I can see what you mean at times. Yeah, he's
0: not as qu- you're right. He's not as quick. That in that way, he's he's closer to Kane, right?
1: Yeah, I think when you said like that they need to watch out for. Losing guys. I think that'll really depend on if they get relegated. I mean, I don't think they're going to get relegated. No, they should be all right. But they're going to have to hold, they're going to have to sign a couple of these guys down if they stay up. They're going to have to give them proper contracts.
0: Yeah. I mean, because they're
1: fresh out of the championship now.
0: Yeah. Like you have, like, Stuart Dallas is great, right? And then you have Ailing. Ailing's a centerpiece in their defense. Calvin Phillips commands you know for yeah. he he he's a box to box midfielder and he's he working might be
1: a guy that leaves
0: right exactly you would think a team maybe towards the top half of the table would be looking for him if if everton yeah. didn't have allen i would think like everton would be looking for a player like I that i think
1: i think if west ham loses rice to chelsea i think west ham would go heavy on him
0: yeah i mean he'll be expensive i'll be honest with you he he, he probably I, would command at least 40 50 40 50 mil yeah greed you know you're looking at what these young british players or english players go for um, they always
1: have a high price tag just because they're english right cuz in the league specs you need a certain amount of english guys on your roster so that's why they cost so much more exactly
0: oh yeah it was that was a great game you know seven goal thriller uh the second half obviously was was not as entertaining it was entertaining but it wasn't entertaining because of the competition it was just entertaining because of the goals
1: and I think next week's match, or tomorrow's Sunday's match against Man United will be another good one to watch.
0: Yeah, Leeds United is a uh, long-standing rivalry.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Uh, moving on, Everton got another big dub against Leicester 2-0. Uh, these are two teams that I don't really like. I think they're both playing above where, where they are. I just don't know what it is. Uh, Leicester's sitting fourth on the table, Everton in fifth. I don't think they're going to end up there at the end of the year. I think Chelsea and Man United will finish above them or man city even um big result for everton we we talked about their previous game uh the recent form has been pretty good it's seven in their last seven points out of nine in their last three um getting on the on the board again uh still without james i think once james comes out it'll be a different story yeah but until he comes back i don't know they're i think they're going to pick up one or two wins and then lose one and it's not going to be a big run of form, I don't think.
0: Oh, excuse me, I'm yawning. Um, you said you don't think Lester or Everton finish towards top four or in top I four. I don't.
1: I don't think. I don't think they finish fourth and fifth. I think they'll finish sixth and seventh.
0: I think Lester has the capability to finish in the top four. They they've they've had a nice jump on points, and I think if they can just keep it together towards the end of the season. Um, where other teams typically crumble, that they'll be okay and they will finish top four. But Leicester are pretenders. uh, I I tend to find myself thinking because they're not getting it done when they have to get it done. They're just getting it done when the pressure is off. And in this game versus Everton, where the pressure was on, uh, they, they ultimately fell short. And I did bet on Everton here because I thought, you know, Everton need this more than Leicester right now. Their form is worse. And Leicester don't get it done when there's pressure. So Everton and, and, you know, big game Carlo managed to get it done. It was 2-0. Uh, <clears throat> you you had a goal by Richarlison and then one late in the 72nd by Holgate. And Leicester dominated in possession, but ultimately Everton were the one with, with more shots on target.
1: And it doesn't get easier for Leicester. they come up against Spurs this upcoming week, and then they follow up with a match against Man United on Boxing Day. So, I mean, it's going to be really telling to see if they're... I think these next two games are going to be, are they for real or not? And yeah. So far, they're not with a loss to Everton. So, I agree. that's all I have to say on that. Yep. Uh, after that, we had Fulham 0, Brighton 0, uh, bottom half of the table clash. Both of these teams could have used those three points massively. Uh, yeah. Fulham especially getting out of that relegation zone. But a 1-1 draw, I guess both teams will take.
0: Yeah, I thought Brighton would, would come out on top here, but it was ultimately a, a very boring affair. And, you know, nil-nil was the way that it ended. A point to which, I guess, you know, could be worse, right?
1: Yeah, ever since I hyped up Danny Welbeck, he's done absolutely nothing. And now, <laughs> now on fantasy, I made the bold decision last second to scoop holiday, him up, get iPhone 12. Uh, coming up against a favorable matchup against Sheffield this weekend. So that'll be interesting to see if he pops off or not. Uh this was the match of the week. Liverpool two, Spurs one. Liverpool with a late winner from Bobby Firmino. Also goals coming from Salah and Sun. Uh not surprising the goal scores, but uh the result I did say on Monday's episode I thought maybe Liverpool would get a late winner. I said they definitely do not lose this game because it's at Anfield. Nobody it's a fortress, it's hard to win there, or it's almost impossible. Yeah, and still pulling the pulling off how they did it even without Van Dyke is huge. They're they've created a system to where they can live without him, and the media is off their backs now, saying whether they can do it or not without Van Dyke. So that's a huge plus for them and their confidence. But Spurs, on the other hand, they just play a certain way with Mourinho. It's counter attack play, and I think Liverpool tactically were set up to to combat it.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think they got a bit lucky there towards the end. Um mm-hmm. but but I, I have to give it to them. I mean, they they were the ultimately they were the stronger team. It's really unfortunate for Jose to get no points there. Uh especially yeah. because I think Spurs are a better team this year. Uh especially when you're considering their recent form. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean that was I didn't enjoy watching that game. I don't know about you. It wasn't great for me. Mhm.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard because Spurs aren't gonna come out and possession dominate in these big games. Usually the other team will control most of the game. That's how I've seen it. Yeah. Um from other matches they played, like the Man City one to reference. Man City controlled the game, but Spurs ultimately got the result off of their speedy counterattacks. Right. And it doesn't always work. It's not a guarantee. I mean, you need your guys to be clinical in the handful of chances they get and they couldn't capitalize on it there, but also um, I mean, the last 10 minutes are where you really get to see the game open up at times and see if your guys are fully fit. Yep. And and it was a loss of concentration, and Liverpool capitalized on it. And Bobby Firmino's starting to score at home. It used to be a jinx where he never scored at Anfield, and now he's doing it more consistently, which is nice to see for him, gaining some more confidence where most of the time he's been the unsung hero in the front three for them.
0: Yeah, and we love to see that honestly. I have Firmino on my my uh fantasy team and he's getting more looks now because uh Jota's out. So, hoping, exactly. hoping he can put fucking 10 past Crystal Palace this weekend.
1: Yeah, they we'll get to that game, but I think look I think Crystal Palace is their bogey team. Really? Recently. Uh moving on to speaking of which, Palace won, West Ham won. uh Benteke continuing his scoring streak, but Bastien Hilaire probably scoring one of the contenders for goal oh of the my season.
0: Oh god, what a screamer, dude.
1: Uh, the big, tall Frenchman in an absolute banger of a bicycle kick. Um, I think he's been hearing me talking shit about him, saying he's a lazy sack of shit. And he goes out and scores an absolute worldie.
0: Yeah, it was amazing.
1: Uh, they, they've they been using West Ham's... They've been using a back three this year, giving more leeway to their wing backs. Uh, Kufal, their recent signing, has been getting a lot of assists and involved in the attack. Uh, he's similar to like a, how an Arnold or a Lamptey would be. They get more forward, putting more whip, more crosses in the box, creating more chances for them. Yep. And, I mean, West Ham's sitting nice in eighth right now. Uh, I mean, at the beginning of the season, the media was saying they're going to get relegated because they're going to lose all their players in the transfer window. But it turned out in their favor, and now that they're – they're definitely not going to get relegated, but they're really challenging for a Europa League spy at this point.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, They do look better this year. Just so so much sharper, I think.
1: They have a lot more creative guys going forward. I know you like your guy Pablo Fornals. I do,
0: yeah. Spanish Lightning. Um,
1: They've been without Mikel Antonio a lot, which is hard for them. He's usually a speedster that gets him behind the defense for them. Um other than that, uh I mean what are their other attacking guys?
0: they have Ben Rama who's been playing in the midfield. He's been getting more right. locks. Um he was
1: another guy they bought from the championship. Yep. They loaned him, I think.
0: He's Algerian, I think.
1: Yeah, he plays Mamares. And then
0: um, Suchak's really good in, in midfield
1: yeah i mean defensively they've been pretty sound they're sitting middle of the pack with giving up 16 but also they're getting goals they're scoring 21 this year um i mean winning half your games at this point is decent for a middle of the table team yeah uh following that we had villa zero burnley zero Oh, what I a mean,
0: fucking disaster
1: very big snore fest uh I mean, I was working and listening to it the whole time, and I think the commentator said El Mohamedy at least 90 times. Dude, he,
0: I think he had eight shots, eight shots by himself yesterday. They had 27 shots, seven shots on target with 60% possession, and they could not get one past Burnley. Burnley's so good defensively.
1: I mean, that's hard to say when you look at it statistically, but on their day, yes, they are very sound. They can be bet. I mean, it also helps having Nick Pope, who had the most clean sheets last season. Well, he's sixty percent of their defense. He's that good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that their their halfbacks and, yeah. and fullbacks are are that great. But I mean, they're they're sound enough. But Pope is really, really good.
1: And then rounding out the week, we had Man United getting a win 3-2 over Sheffield. Sheffield actually scoring, they scored two goals, which makes up their seven in one game, which is insane for them. That's a massive increase in goals. And I mean, other th- I mean, who else would it be against rather than Man United, who's they come out, they come out of games very flat and they always give up the first goal. They always play that they always play from behind. And at this point they're getting used to it.
0: Yeah, and they look stronger when they're coming from behind, right?
1: Yeah, I mean they have that mentality. I don't know whether, I mean that's not what Ali wants. You never want to it's go not behind a in safe, the game. But, it's not
0: a safe mentality, but it's
1: no, yeah, it's you're putting your balls on the table. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also nice to see when you get you see that character from the players getting back into the matches and taking it full force. And it's also beneficial to have, uh, Pogba starting to play play up to his wage. He's, he's getting more involved in the attack. He's showing his flair. I mean, he had a reverse uh, Maradona. He's He was saucing on people. Same with Fernandez. Those guys are really looking nice forward. And then it also helps having the pace of Rashford and Martial. I know one of Rashford's goals was pretty lucky. I mean, it went right through Ransdale's arm. Yeah. Straight down the middle. But, I mean, they're playing great football right now, I'd say. They're enjoying it. And I, it's a tough break for Sheffield. Scoring two against United is a hard task right now. but that just sucks for them. That could have been their first win on the year. They they need something to go right for them because if we get to 19 games and they are still on, let's say, under 5 points, they're automatically going down.
0: Yeah, I think I just read a spoiler as I uh, got an ad for while I'm searching through the game weeks. I think I just got a spoiler for the Mandalorian. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking bullshit, dude. I'm, uh, I'm out here trying to do my fucking job and you're going to give me a spoiler? Really? <laughs> oh. Yes, oh, th- this God. was an unfortunate result for Sheffield. They they played, I'd say, you know, over their their typical caliber uh, of football. And McGoldrick yeah. with with two, it's nice, nice to be able to to say you scored two against United on a uh, cold, rainy night at the uh, what's what's their stadium called? You remember
1: Bromel Lane.
0: Bram yeah, that's it. bram Lane. It's nice to be able to say you scored two at uh at versus United. But uh ultimately not enough. Uh Rashford, yes, one lucky goal, but the other one was great. And Tony Martial getting himself on the score sheet. Uh this, this is big for, for United. it's one that you would expect them to win. Um, but it's good that they did they did win it.
1: Yeah, I mean if I'm a Goldrich personally and I'm level on goals with a bomb yang, I'm feeling pretty nice. Hell yeah, dude might have to ask for a wage increase. Uh,
0: yeah. Maybe Batman would just donate some.
1: Maybe at this point he needs Jesus. he needs some good, he needs some good fortune in his favor. Fraud Bamyang. Uh so now we're previewing this week's matches quickly. We got Palace hosting Liverpool. Like I said before, I don't know what it is, but I think Palace is a bogey team for Liverpool. I could see them getting a draw here or even a win. I just don't know what it is. There's something about him. Especially with Benteke in form. Yeah, There's, Whenever a player plays his former club, they always play up to that match. They make it one of their best performances. And I think this is a week that Palace gets at least a point in this game.
0: The Benteke revenge game. That's a hot take, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I uh, personally think Liverpool win this one pretty handily. Crystal Palace have a couple good results now. I think two, two wins and a draw in their last three. Uh, But I think they come down to earth here, and I I think Liverpool win one or two nil.
1: Yeah, I can definitely. You can see either way. I can. Yeah, this this
0: could go either way, but that's that's just my my personal prediction.
1: Uh, There's a lot of good matchups actually on this week. Now that I'm seeing it, next we have Southampton hosting Man City. Uh, Southampton having the best start in the Prem in their history. 13 games, getting 24 points, sitting in third, which is not something you would have said at the start of the season, Southampton above Man City at this point. Yep. Uh, but with a with a result here for Man City, that puts them right into the top six, depending on how other games finish.
0: And that's, that's actually why I'm going to say that City win this game. I think that they kind of break their little scoring drought that they've had the past two weeks, yep. and I think they put a few past Southampton. Uh, if Gabriel can just get his head out of his ass for one game... He can expose, you know, Vestergaard, who is very, very slow. Uh, I, I think that, that City could actually win this one, like, 2-0, 3-0. Yeah, like,
1: uh, like I said about Leicester, it being a, a fraud or a, a show-up or bust, I think this is another one for Southampton. Like, are they for real or not? If you can yeah. get a result against Man City here, even if it's a draw, I think, you know, Southampton's in it for the long run, fighting for a top-six spot. Yeah, Uh I would have to I would have to ride the form here and say that Man City gets the result here. I'm in agreeance with you. I don't know if it's a two three 0 I definitely think Southampton scores. Yeah, the way they've been playing ball going forward, I think they definitely get at least a goal here minimum. So I would take the over like two and a half here on goals.
0: Yeah, that's now, a good
1: bet probably. Um, now we have Everton hosting Arsenal. Um, Everton's in decent form. Arsenal got a point against Southampton, which was nice for them, but they need to get W's on the board now. So, I mean, Arsenal traveling up to Merseyside up there, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Ev?
0: I really don't think this is a favorable situation or matchup for Arsenal. Uh, Everton having 1-2 on the trot now is going to be quite a problem I think for for Arsenal who are just trying to, you know, start to to at least get their confidence back. Um but I also think that that Arsenal, you know, maybe lighting the fire, getting some confidence back last week against Southampton could pull something off. Uh this is a game that I really wouldn't want to bet on. Uh if I had a gun to my head, I'm going to say that it's actually a draw 1-1.
1: Yeah, I would say the turmoil continues. I think Everton gets the win here. <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably what's going to happen. They're not going to have Jaka, so they're going to be having, having to dig deep there in the midfield. It's fine. I don't know who, I don't know who particularly is going to come in there. I don't know whether it's like El Nene C- or maybe Ceballos? they ship Niles in there. Yeah, you can play Ceballos. Uh Is Partey still out?
0: Uh, He took a knock, I think, again, which is really frustrating. So we'll see. If he plays, then I actually like Ever- Arsenal to win.
1: I also could see this as a high-scoring game. I think now that Aubameyang's scored, he's going to have more confidence going forward. And I think depending if Sokka plays or not, I think that adds another goal, his creativity, down the wings. I think that's where Everton's true weakness is, down the wings right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that game turns out. Uh, Next, we have Newcastle hosting Fulham. Newcastle coming off a big beating from Leeds. Fulham on the other end with a boring draw against Brighton. Um, this is a bounce-back week for Newcastle. I think it might be a one nothing game. It could be pretty boring to watch. But I think the Toffees do, or the Magpies, do get the win here.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's a Newcastle bounce-back. I don't think they're going to score a whole lot. I think maybe we'll get a Callum Robinson goal late, maybe sixty seventieth 70th minute. Uh, and I think they'll probably only really win 1-0 if they win. Mm-hmm
1: uh this is probably the worst game if you look at it from the league stance um we have brighton hosting sheffield um i would have to continue with the trend i think sheffield loses again it's just they have one point in 13 games it's so bad i mean they're coming off a solid game you can take a lot of positives off that 2-3 loss but i think brighton's going to control most of this game to where it could be a 2-0 win for them
0: yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know if I believe in Brighton, especially after last week's putrid performance. Yeah. Um, This could, I think, be easily a draw or maybe even a Sheffield win. Uh, I'd like to mm-hmm. give the nod to Brighton, but for the sake of like odds and, and parity, I'm going to say Sheffield win.
1: I would say a safe bet would be the under two and a half yeah. goal. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I agree with you.
1: Uh, Now getting the game spicing up again, we have Spurs hosting Leicester. Um, In the past, this has been an interesting game to watch. I think Spurs, we know how they play. They like playing on the counterattack, letting the other team control the game. And coming up against Leicester, they have a similar style. So it'll be interesting to see who controls the game. I think Spurs control the game, but ultimately we're going to see a handful of chances. And I think Spurs will be more clinical here to get the result.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, after losing last week to Liverpool, that the Tottenham need this one to you know regain their or not regain, but to get back on track and and keep winning. I think they beat they beat Leicester here too. I, do you think there's a lot of goals here or no?
1: I think there can be. It's hard to say. I think Spurs have looked very solid defensively this year. They've given up the least amount of goals. Yeah, uh, Leicester have have also given not given up many goals, but you would have to go with Mourinho and his style. I think they could get one or two good chances and get a lead and maybe hold on to it. Yeah. I just don't see the consistency from Leicester right now. I don't see their the quality from them going forward. It's not consistent. Yeah. And it's also, it's also very hard to bet against Kane and Son when they're playing like the way they are now.
0: Yeah, they're fucking unbelievable aren't they it's kind of disgusting to watch them play together it makes me mad every time
1: you fucking hate it like spurs challenging for the title again it
0: sucks they're not gonna i they're they will explode trust me they always do they always explode if if they don't explode and end second or third uh, i'll I mean, think of something i'll think of something to do i mean worst
1: case scenario for them is son or king gets hurt
0: well, what if they both get hurt or die? <laughs> Just saying. Oh my! Lot God. of crazy Arsenal fans over there.
1: I hope not. No, yeah, I, I actually God. like.
0: Uh, I'll be honest. I actually like Kane and Son both. I think that you know at least they're not like cocky fucking pieces of shit, right? That they, they, they seem like nice guys. Son especially seems very genuine. You know, he's he's not he's not obviously not from uh, England, so that you know harsh. Uh, dark and cocky attitude is is lost on him. He, he he's just there to play, right? And yeah. he really does. He he's very very good.
1: It's also harder to be a bit, uh, big character at that that club with Mourinho above you. So oh, dude,
0: his fucking Instagram is amazing. I don't know if you I don't know if you read the captions, but they are so Mourinho? good. Mourinho's Instagram is amazing. I don't, even, I
1: don't even follow. Wasn't there something about there was a meme or something after the. The less game or something. He was on the phone. There was some sort of meme. He was oh doing. my
0: god! I'll I'll send it to you. I'll have to repost some or uh on the on the Instagram or the Twitter. They're amazing.
1: Yeah, he's a big character. He's a funny guy too. He's at so times. funny. He, he, know, he knows how to how, knows how to rip on people. Yeah. uh Moving on, this is another huge game. It's a rivalry we haven't seen in a, in a couple decades now. Man United hosting Leeds. I think this is gonna be a very high scoring game. Me
0: too.
1: The way both teams are playing right now. Leeds, like we've said, don't give a shit. They'll give up goals, but they can also punish you if you're not careful. Man United, you know, on their day, Bruno and Rashford can combined, and even Tony and Greenwood's been getting more minutes now. He's been getting the nod in there. Cavani's been taking more of a back seat after picking up a little bit of an injury issue. Yep. So you're getting the usual guys going forward. So this could be a very high scoring game. I don't I, I mean, I don't know who's gonna win here. You know, if Le- you know if Leeds shows up, they easily can get a win here. But yeah. also, I just don't have the confidence in Man United's defense right now. I think a couple mistakes from Lindelof mainly is their issue at times. Uh, I mean, Wambasaka's is a lockdown defender. Maguire's looked good at times. And they've been playing more forward. But I think this game could be a draw. I don't know why I think high scoring games always result in draws most of the time they have this year, yeah, but so I'd have to lean towards a draw if you want to be safe, I would say man United or draw that might not be good bet wise, but if you're putting it in a big parlay, I think that would be the bet.
0: I actually think Leeds are gonna win. I think they're gonna come out, I think they're gonna score early, and I don't think they're gonna stop scoring. I think they're gonna keep that you know same mentality they had in the second half versus Newcastle where they where they scored four in you know twenty five mm. minutes. I think they're going to do that again. I think it'll start earlier this time. I think Patty B gets one like you know within the first ten minutes, and mm-hmm. I think Leeds actually win this game. There's yep. United are are banter. D- don't let them fool you into into thinking that they're you know top tier club again. They just got yeah. knocked out of fucking Europa League. Like they're banter. Yeah, don't don't play. worry. Or, that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, they'll be getting knocked out of Europa League soon.
1: Yeah, and you got to remember they got that three two result against a team like Sheffield who hasn't gotten a win yet. So
0: yeah, that's a that's a fucking squeaky little
1: game right there. And uh, we've said that we've said the trend right now is United always take uh, take give up the first goal, and I don't think Leeds is the team you want to give a first goal to Hell because no. they'll, they'll capitalize on it easily. I think if it if it becomes two three nothing, it's a wrap. I and don't the, think they're, they're very f-
0: they're very fit too. Uh, mm-hmm. leads, and, and they'll hammer you the whole time, you know, f- physically and then obviously with speed. So uh, I actually like leads here. Leads or draw is probably sick, uh, sick odds.
1: Yeah. So we're on the opposite there. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have West Brom hosting Aston Villa. For Aston Villa, I would say this is a almost identical matchup to Burnley last week. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you know, um, West Brom's going to be packing it in, but they don't have Nick Pope and goal of Sam Johnston so I believe Aston Villa gets the result here they're going to be wanting to get a lot of goals this week so I think it's going to be at least 3-1 maybe here towards Villa Yeah I, I Yeah Ollie Watkins has not scored in ages Yep and when he scores he scores big and I think this is a week he gets at least two
0: mm-hmm. I uh, I think that I think that Villa are going to win this one as well West Brom obviously sacked Slavin Bilic midweek and now have big Sam Allardyce. Welcome back to the King of Pies. Ooh, uh, he is hey. back. He is back at West Brom. So I think West Brom are going to be sharper this week. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think, I, I still think Villa win. I think it'll be closer to 3 1 or 3 2.
1: Usually the way it goes is when there's a new guy in charge, any sport, they usually play up. You so. get a
0: bump, right? You want to mm. impress the new I'm, I'm, boss.
1: I'm going to drop it to a Villa win or draw now. Okay. That's now that you said it. I mean, you know Big Sam. Big Sam's a guy. Yeah, he's the Big, he's the guy. He he knows how to get points. Yeah.
0: He's a cheeser.
1: And if West Brom's going to stay up, he's definitely your guy you bring in December. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last two games carrying over to Monday, Burnley hosting Wolves. Wolves looking in great form with their Portuguese men. Uh, Burnley just having to pack it in. It also helps that they're home here. Um, I don't know if Burnley's allowed to have fans, but I think that'll help for them just to be at, at turf more right now. I think Wolves carrying over their form. Pedro Neto has been looking great. Potence has been looking great. Um, Traore's been really taking a back seat. I don't really hear about him too much. And having Connor Cody back there to solidify your defense is also a big boost. So I think Wolves win this outright. Yeah,
0: I do too. Uh, I think that Burnley's luck's gonna run out a little bit here, and that you know Wolves put put quite a few past them. Uh, Nick Pope can't stop everything, every fucking fixture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've only they are they're now the least scoring team in the league after Sheffield getting their two goals. They've only scored six and twelve. Yeah, so you don't you don't have a lot of options there. Chris Wood did not get any touches last week. He's their main threat going forward, and If you can't get the ball to your scores, then you're never going to have a a chance.
0: Yep, that's true. Uh,
1: This is a massive game for Chelsea. We have a London Derby, Chelsea hosting West Ham. Uh, West Ham looking in good form. They have a solid defense attacking-wise. At times, they can be inconsistent. Chelsea are the same way. Uh, I think they're two similar teams in style. I think Chelsea, if they get their attack right, they're an unstoppable force. So, I think what I think Chelsea it's a must-win game for them if they want to be in a uh in the category of a title challenger and dropping points here, I think kicks them out of that chance. So, I think they win this game.
0: Yeah, I I think uh I agree with you here. Uh dropping points the past 2 weeks now, right?
1: Yeah, two losses in the last two.
0: Yeah, so yeah uh Chelsea need this to to reinstate themselves as title contenders uh I don't know if they are title contenders, but they need right. they need this win now, especially in the holiday period where there's so many matches um this is kind of like the end of the crazy congestion, the super yeah. crazy congestion and then it's still congested, but you get a little bit more of a break um so so i'm gonna i'm gonna edge this and and say Chelsea win probably one or two nil I don't think it's a scorcher of a match though. I think they have to grind yeah. it
1: out. Yeah, I can definitely see this being a low scoring game. Yeah. I mean you're saying conject- congested fixtures. I mean starting next week there's gonna be games on almost every day. Right. And I was looking forward into the year and starting February sixth, every game is played on Saturday. So every week from there on out up until mid May is gonna be ten games at ten AM every Saturday. Why? I don't know. That's the way it's scheduled right now.
0: Literally they,
1: from February 6th up to May 8th, all 20 teams play at 10 a.m.
0: Well, I don't even Saturday. know if – there's no way that's possible. They don't have the
1: – That's how it's labeled out right now. That oh, depends yeah, yeah. on if like, teams make it far in the FA Cup or Champions then the like, game will get moved, you know what I mean? And yeah. they still have to consider those three games that were – postponed you had the two week one games with the manchester clubs and villa and burnley and then the COVID game between villa and newcastle got postponed so you have to squeeze those in somewhere
0: yeah it's going to be interesting to see the way that they they figure all of that out
1: i mean i would say there's two times in the premier league where it's the most enjoyable to watch i would say the very beginning of the year the startup of the year is awesome When you see the new players brought in and the whole squad's ready to kick it off. And then also the Christmas window period because for a two- to three-week period, it's games on every single day. You always have something to watch.
0: Yeah, it is actually sick. Like The holiday period is so good because the NBA starts, and I'm really excited for the NBA. I've already been betting on preseason. I've been actually doing really well. Um, Yeah. And I'm excited for that. And, of course, you know, football and then playoff start. College football, too, you have. Yeah, uh, tomorrow. And yeah, and then, and then you Tomorrow's have... Uh, weekend. Right. And then you have, uh, obviously, Premier League, which is the best of all of them. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm just excited for Christmas. It'll, it'll be nice, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, anything else you want to touch on?
0: No, that's it. I'm... Uh, Looking forward to going and getting something to eat. This was a long one for us.
1: Yeah, what it turned out to be? Uh,
0: like an hour
1: and ten. Mm, okay, that's a long one in mm. a while for us. Yeah. We just talked about like three weeks of prem. I know. I was but... gonna say
0: we fucking ripped through this shit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we we laid our thoughts out there. We gave you our ideas of what we have, what we see. I think um, after after monday's fixtures of the games we previewed i think we're going to come out with some power rankings of teams yeah. depending on if it's a top 20 or a 5 or 10 whatever we'll decide over the weekend but just to add more content onto the to the social medias will be nice to see yep um other than that um enjoy your weekend uh the next time you guys will hear us together we'll be on christmas day mm-hmm. um I don't know if we're going to record it on Christmas or Christmas Eve, then we'll talk about that yeah. afterwards. But uh, I'll be back on Monday, do Monday my trips M, and then Evan will be back Wake Up Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, with his segment. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Take care, guys.